0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Solid Steps Radio. My name is Chad Russell. That is Kurt Souter of Further Still Ministries. And we have been doing this little show called Solid Steps Radio now going on. Is this our fifth year? Yeah.
1: Five years. Going into
0: and six. Yeah. Is this oh five going into six? Yeah. Oh, yikes. And uh, we- Time's flying, brother. It is. <laughs> <laughs> and we've, uh, we we do this show primarily as, as our audience are men. And we thank our lady listeners for listening, but we want to talk to the guys. And we say, okay, guys- Uh, You can talk about sports, weather, and politics. That's fine. But at some point, we got to talk about things that are even bigger than that. And yes, there are things more important than those. And we want to talk about the story that God is writing in other men's lives. And we also want to talk about uh, just the bigger picture of what does life look like walking with, hence the name, solid steps, taking walk, uh, solid steps in our walk with God. And if you are not walking with God, you're not living out your destiny that God has for you through Jesus Christ, to be a son or daughter in his family. And our show is an outpouring of that. So today we're going to talk about a topic that you very rarely, uh, you don't hear a lot of people lean into and say, yay, that's exactly what I want to experience so I can know God more deeply. Uh, A.W. Tozer has a quote, and this is a quote that nobody, I say nobody, not many people are going to have this as their screensaver on their phone (laughs) or a bumper sticker on their car, but his quote is, Uh, It is doubtful whether God can bless a man greatly until he has hurt him deeply. I'm going to say that again. It is doubtful whether God can bless a man greatly until he has hurt him deeply. Now, somebody may hear that and go say, well, wait a minute. God doesn't want to hurt me. No, but he does want to bless you. And how does that work when it comes to suffering?" And many of us want to run away from suffering, but today we're going to talk about a man who had to experience suffering, but his loss also, he gained something out of that loss and a lot of it was in perspective.
1: Yeah, so, you know, Chad, <laughs> uh, we're talking about Robin Schumacher and uh, Robin, great to have you on the show. Hey, Kurt, thanks very much for having me. It's a, it's a joy, you know. Um, so I was with a, a fellow pastor And he goes, you've got to connect with Robin, and because Robin has this compelling story about uh, suffering and how God launched, uh, used used that to launch him into uh, some some serious transformation in your life. So, Robin, we're here to hear your story. All right. Well, cool. I'm ready. Um, So, uh, uh, you know, back what almost what 30 years ago, probably right your your first wife passed away. She did. So uh, my
2: wife, Suzanne, uh, actually, Bob Russell from Southeast Christian Church uh, married the two of us at the Blankenbaker campus when I was 25 years old. And that was, yeah, 32 years ago. Boy, I
1: feel old saying that, but
2: I got the gray hair to prove it. But yeah, 32 years ago.
1: Yeah, you you got married um, and you guys were married for how many years? So we were married for a total of nine years. And of those nine years, she was, she was diagnosed.
2: Yeah, so well, into, the, um, into the third year of our marriage, uh, she found a lump in her neck. And so, you know, I didn't think anything about it. I mean, my, my goodness, I mean, we're, we're, we're young your, people. You're tw- in your 20s. That's exactly right. And so um, just, you know, what is it, a fatty tissue, whatever else. And so uh, went and had it removed, and uh, it, it, it wasn't uh, nothing i guess uh come to find out that she was diagnosed with a very rare form of thyroid cancer called medullary carcinoma um, which is one of the bad ones and so for the next six years she endured a lot of pain and suffering uh, because of that illness and we had so many ups and downs uh, because of it um it was um it was it was a pretty painful time, obviously for both of us, and uh, especially for, you know, as you know, as a, as a guy, you you love your wife, you're there to protect her, you know, and and take away the bad things. Yes, and uh, to sit there and watch what was happening and be powerless
1: is just uh, an immense torture. Uh, it was for me, and it would be for any guy. Yeah, um, Robin, when when you first found out, did you guys know that this? would probably take her life um, right away? Or did you hope that, that, that you could win this battle? You know, you get told things, oftentimes you
2: don't want to accept them, mm. okay? In her first major surgery that happened very early on, the nurse who was in the room came out and she said something to the effect of, cherish the time that you have, Uh, and I remember Suzanne's mom being in there and being really mad about this woman saying that, how dare she or whatever. The fact of the matter was there were so many tumors and everything that were attached to Suzanne's thyroid that, um, you know, the nurse kind of made that call, uh, and, and a right one, whether she should have said what she said, I don't know. But anyway, we were told that early on, um, but it, it, we had times where we thought, you know, we were on the mend and that that she was going to be cured and that uh, we would have the levels in her body tested and stuff and they would come back very positive and we were very happy about that. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it would, you know, rear its head again. I, I used to wake up every morning and as I was telling my my friends who were seeing me through this, I would say, you know, I wake up every morning with something I call the cloud. Mm. You know, it's with you when you go to sleep. It's with you when you wake up. It, the sun really, it might break through for a little time, but ultimately it's constantly cloudy. And it's a, a sadness and a grief that just follows you from day in and day out. But as we continued to make um, progress through the disease and what have you, it became more clear things weren't going to work out. And finally, you know, the doctors are reluctant to tell you um, what's really going to happen. And I finally just forced one of them, uh, one of the surgeons with her parents in the room, what's going to happen? What's going to be the outcome? and he finally just looked at us and said the tumor's going to kill her
1: and and that was when we finally got the explicit no, no, at, yeah at what stage was that so she battled it for 6 years right you you found that out in what that was what? probably about you know into year 5
2: so nobody would really tell us the the gist of things, but again, like I said, people would drop breadcrumbs along the way. I I would uh, I took her to some of the better cancer institutes in the United States, like Sloan Kettering in New York, um, MD Anderson in in Houston, Texas, and and the guy in MD Anderson. Um, When he was talking to us about it, she would say, yeah, but this is kind of going to go away. And he would say things. like, I am not sure you're hearing me properly as he was describing the progression of the disease and and things like that. So um, I think I had I knew and kind of accepted it um, a little bit earlier than the rest of the folks. But that's kind of understandable. I mean, especially if you're the person going through it.
1: So now as you as, as she is getting close to dying. And you know, okay, it, she is going to leave me at a very young age. Yep. What, what's going through your mind?
2: Sure. Uh, so later in the disease, she got pregnant. And so we had, we had our daughter, Hannah, about, about a year, maybe even less than a year uh, before she died. And so I didn't just lose my wife. Uh, my oldest daughter, who's now 24, lost her mom early on, doesn't remember her at all. And
1: so. But the, you're, you're now a single dad. Absolutely. With a baby little one-year-old. Right, right. Uh, and so I would grieve
2: alone, um, meaning I would get up. At night, After she was asleep and I would go have, you know, a cry down or something like that by myself at the dining room table and things along those lines. But then, you know, I also had to snap out of that because I have responsibilities. I have a full time job that's supplying the insurance that we need to be able to get through this. I have to be able to take care of my daughter. And, oh, I have to now go ahead and try to make funeral arrangements for my wife and set those wheels in motion Maybe with her not even knowing I'm doing that, because that would that would hurt her greatly. Because she held on to the end that maybe something's going to turn around. Maybe you know God will intervene,
1: uh, and and that didn't happen. After she passed, what? Where where were you emotionally, psychologically? Sure. So some some folks listening to this
2: might take offense at what I'm about to say. Part of me was relieved. And, and by that, I mean, if you've never gone through it, the, the, the grief and the sorrow and everything else and holding the person and, and keeping them up and you're exhausted from it all, emotionally, physically, and everything else. And so there is this release after it happens where you have at least a little bit of relief where that's concerned. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that was one thing. But that said... When I would turn off my light at night, and I would be in the room, you know, and it would be completely dark, that's when all the things started turning around in my head, and you begin to ask those questions of why it happened. Some people will even rewind all the way if they're a Christian and begin to question God's existence. Some won't go that far, and they'll just begin to question, well, what kind of God exists? that would allow this type of thing to happen. So you go through all these different stages and levels in terms of those types of questions and trying to find the answers, um, which they're there, but sometimes they're not easy to accept and you might not
1: be in a place to accept it at a particular point in time. Yeah, emotionally and mentally, spiritually, we not, might not be ready. What, what I love, what God did in your heart and you... Following him th- that catapulted you into uh, a search and a and we're gonna we're gonna really I, I just love this story of how mm-hmm. God used this horrible time to really do a transformation in your heart and life mm-hmm. um, but we're gonna hit that in the next
0: segment so we're gonna take a break and come back and talk more with Robin about his journey and uh, when his wife passes now he's on another Path, and he's wanting to get some answers, and and he got some. So, we're going to hear more about what that sounds like and looks like here on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio. Chad Russell, Kurt Souter, and we are here with Robin Schumacher, and we are talking about uh, suffering. Aren't you glad you turned tuned in today to hear that?
1: <laughs> oh, we get to <laughs> well, talk about suffering.
0: The first segment, Robin talks about his journey of losing a wife after a five-year, Six six-year battle with, with cancer and had a one-year-old daughter at the time. And, and we're going to pick up from there. But before we move on, we want to thank our sponsors of our show, Ellen and Credit Union. They're a local uh, financial institution that has been in the Louisville, Kentuckiana area for years. They have helped many of people. In fact, I'm refinancing my car with them as we speak. Uh, they're a great organization, l and Credit Union. Uh, Vision First Eye Care, if you need help with your eyes, seeing contacts, glasses, you name it, Vision First Eye Care. They have 11 different locations in the Louisville area, and uh, they will take care of you. Uh, you're more than just the eyes, you're a person to Vision First. And then Frank Enterprises, they do professional septic tank landscaping and wastewater management services. If you've got water not going where it's supposed to go outside, Frank Enterprises can take care of you. So, Robin, you know, uh, you lose your bride,
1: your home, single dad, got a one-year-old baby. You, you, you I mean, um, it's brutal. Yep. Um, how do you, wh- what is, what's going on in your inner man, in your inner world?
2: Yeah, so the thing is, <clears throat> first off, this, this is the kind of stuff that happens to other people. Doesn't doesn't happen to me. And and yet there I am kind of just blitzkrieged by the whole thing. Life doesn't stop. So you've got to deal with everything that's in your heart and your head. And at the same time, you still got to reach down and do your job. Now I have my daughter that I have to take care of on my own, uh, get her back and forth to daycare, all of that type of stuff take care of all of the duties of the home and everything else that's associated with it. Uh, Hannah was, um, my youngest daughter was, uh, or or my daughter at the time was, um, she had nearly died at birth because she had what was called a diaphragmatic hernia where your lung collapses. So she almost didn't live. And because of that, she was very sickly. So I had to get her to the doctor and everything else back and forth. So I'm exhausted just living, right? Not only um, dealing with all all the things that happened, But I had been a Christian since I was 19. And so now I'm in my mid thirties and I began to, and I was always, I've always been a reader and, and an educated, you know, trying to educate myself about things, but I'd never read anything that dealt with the area of pain and suffering. And technically in theology, what's called theodicy, which is trying to reconcile a good and all powerful God with the fact that we have evil in the world. And so I began to try to read <clears throat> and gain some understanding that might be helpful to me. It might solve some of the, answer some of the questions I had in my mm-hmm. head. Yeah. So I start with the probably one of the top Christian thinkers of the 20th century, C.S. Lewis, okay? Wrote two books. Um, begins with The Problem of Pain, right? Written from a kind of an academic standpoint. But then when his wife dies of cancer... <laughs> He writes a totally different work, almost didn't use his own name because he was afraid that people would link him up with, uh, you know, maybe you're you're saying some things you shouldn't hear, Clive. Uh, and uh, it's a grief observed. And so I was so irritated and so angry. Maybe I just wasn't ready to read it or maybe I just didn't like the information that he was presenting or it just wasn't helpful to me either in my head or my heart. I, I liken it to eating a bad pizza when, <laughs> is you, that possible? when you get a bad yeah oh yeah they're out there when you get a bad pizza you get the first slice it's not good and you hope that the next slice is going to be better but it's not or the third slice is it's because it's, it's a bad pizza and that's the way I would, I would describe what I was getting with C.S. Lewis in A Grief Observer. In fact, I was so furious with it that I took his books and I threw them into the corner of my bedroom. And I left them there, kind of as a protest against C.S. Lewis. Like, that's what I think of your work in, in, in this area. <laughs> you know. But, but at the same time, I was also, when I finished that and I, and I threw the book in the corner, I turned out my light at night. And I was really, a a depression came on me because I thought, if that's the best that the greatest Christian thinker of the 20th century can do, then there's no, I'm doomed. There's no hope for me. I mean, God's not going to gift a little University of Louisville graduate guy with some knowledge that C.S. Lewis didn't get. I thought the only way this could possibly be worse is if I was a University of Kentucky graduate,
0: <laughs>
2: you know? But, and for you UK guys out there, I'm just joking. Don't. I'm just kidding. It's, I'm not a, into that anyway. But, uh, but anyway, in all seriousness, I thought I would never really get to the bottom of, of what I needed to see and or hear um, to help me with the problem. And, and that
1: began, God used that to drive you to do what? Yeah.
2: So finally, I, I kept reading. I kept reading. And one of my favorite authors, in fact, Chad, you quoted him at the very outset of the, the show here today, um, A.W. Tozier. Tozer will tell you things you need to hear. All right, he he uh, was famous for saying that he preached himself off every platform and pulpit in the country because he would say things that that Christians need to hear but don't like hearing. Yes. So I'm going through one of his books called That Incredible Christian. It's a collection of his essays, and he's got a number of these books. And I finally hit this essay called The Ministry of the Night. And it starts off with a statement that was so revolutionary. It was the first one that actually stopped me in my tracks and thought, maybe now I'm going to get some answers here. I'm going to dig a little bit deeper. And Tozer said, if God has singled you out to be a special object of his grace, you can expect him to honor you with more pain and greater suffering than those less favored are
1: called upon to endure. Now that, is what? a, say that one more. I want, I want our listeners to hear that one more time. Sure. That is deep and that is rich. Yeah. If God has singled you out to be a special object of his grace,
2: you can expect him to honor you with more pain and greater suffering than others less favored are called upon to endure. And I mean, that is the health and wealth gospel. Forget about it. That's 180 degrees. Okay. But it was the first radical dose of truth that I'd gotten that stopped me and made me think, maybe there's something to this. Mm-hmm. And let's find out if what Tozer says is actually true. Time to dig into
1: scripture and, and check that out. So um, it launched you to do what? To really get to the heart of what,
2: what really is the number one objection to Christianity, when you talk to skeptics that are out there that say, I'm not a believer or don't have any intention of, of looking at Christianity. If you ask them from an intellectual perspective, what challenges them the most? It's the issue of theodicy. It's the, it's the issue of evil. All right. We've got this great and powerful God. And yet I've got this child over here at at St. Jude's struggling with bone cancer is five years old. So you, you help me out with how that can, can actually be. And so, um, that's, that that introduced me to the area, and I didn't understand it at the time, of Christian apologetics, because the problem of evil is, is one of the biggest thing that Christian apologetics tackles. And by the way, if you've never heard the term apologetics, it doesn't mean we're apologizing for something. It's taken from the Greek word apologia, which means defense. So when Christians are making a defense of the Christian faith in terms of not just what we believe, but why we believe it, that's what apologetics are all about.
1: Being able to articulate what is, why we believe what we believe. Exactly. First Peter
2: 3.15, always be ready to, to make a defense. And so that's what I began to actually dig into and dig into scripture. And long story short, what Tozer said is 100% correct. And so I would challenge anybody that's listening right now, go through your Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, and find me one one personality that, that God used greatly, uh, that, that wasn't, um, you know, just afflicted in some form or fashion, whether it was his own person, people around him or whatever else, it is constant time after time. Yeah. After time yeah. After I mean, time. you,
1: did, you go through, you, you, I mean, you look at Moses, you, I mean, you, you, you look at the, just, you look at David, you look yep. at Daniel, you look at his three buddies, you look at Esther. I mean the, the the li Nehemiah, the list goes on and on and on because um there's something Um powerful that God does in the midst of pain and sorrow and suffering. Yep, and that, that leads you to
2: in philosophy it calls syllogism or whatever, it's it's a set of premises and a conclusion. And so it brings you To understand that, A, an all-good and all-powerful God exists. B, evil exists. Now, some religions will tell you evil's an illusion or whatever else. Of course, they're wrong, but regardless, evil exists. Now, at that point, that's where the skeptic says, yep, I'm out. God doesn't exist, Can't, can't happen. The Christian moves forward and says, therefore, God wills evil to exist. And
1: now we have to find out why that is and how he uses it. Mm -hmm. Dorothy Sayers, I think it was uh, said that of all the religions on the planet, only Christianity uh, gives rationale and reason for the in in the midst of suffering. Absolutely. So, so Robin, uh, wow, this second segment just flew by. But it launched you. I I just give you our 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 listeners just a hint, and then we're going to unpack it in this third segment. It launched you to go do what you 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 registered and signed up for what? Yeah. So so not too long after that, uh,
2: some things happened. Of course, I guess we'll talk about. But. Um, I, I decided to go ahead and pursue actually, uh, advanced degrees in Christian apologetics, got a master's in Christian apologetics, and then went on to get a PhD in new Testament because I had tasted, I guess, this area of evil and, and what have you, and, and gotten a, you know, a, an understanding and went forward from there.
0: That's <laughs> incredible. We're going to take a break, come back and hear more. Uh, and you may think, well, boy, this is, we're talking very academic, but a man who's thinking these thoughts of is God good. That's a good place to start is in our head, right? So we're going to take a break, come back shortly here on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio. Chad Russell and Kurt Satter. We're here with Robin Shoemaker, and we are talking today about suffering. And if you missed the first two segments, you missed a whole lot. You missed a man who lost a wife, and uh, he's trying to figure out what does this mean about suffering. And um, he ended up going, of course, what anybody would do, try to go get a PhD, right? (laughs) Uh, before we jump into that any further, we're going gonna to thank our sponsors, Bright Star Home Care. If you have a loved one who needs in-home care, whether it's one day a week or 24-7, Bright Star Home Care can point you in the right direction. Dan Hart Financial, if you need to look at your finances and say, hey, what does my retirement look like? From a biblical perspective, you may change your plans and go, hey, I thought I was going to do this, but now I'm going to do this. Dan Hart can sit down. And give you a free analysis and then southern smoke catering southern smokecatering.com it is a catering only barbecue company and they are as good as it gets uh, put some south in your mouth with southernsmokecatering.com.
1: so okay so yeah you know robin that's what that's what uh, widowers do they they you know they lose their wife and they go yeah I want to go get a phd that's what i did <laughs> 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 not <laughs> um, but that launched you to go get a graduate degree in apologetics, and uh, you you went to the school, uh, Norman Geisler, and uh, you, a, who a great, he was with Jesus, now he's up in heaven, but um, a great apologist. I, I read his books, you know, going through uh, my time at Moody, um, but it didn't just happen. Just, I mean, talk talk to us. I mean, you, you got remarried at the same time. You didn't quit your job. You're still doing your job. Full-time database engineer. That's your background. Um, Talk to our listeners. What happened? Sure. Yeah. So, so two things happened really. Um, Number one, I was
2: able to get at least satisfying answers, if not complete answers. Where the problem of evil and suffering are concerned, or that area of theodicy. and And that being able to make that hurdle got me wanting more in terms of, okay, let's find out more about the theology and everything behind that, And then that's what kind of spurred me on to to really go after from an academic perspective, uh, the pursuit of the various degrees. But something else that was a gargantuan help to me was meeting my wife, Laura and we've been married for, for 22 years. Um, you know, we got married about a year or so after Suzanne passed away, and and some people were critical of me for, for doing that. Too Felt quick. I it was much too quick. Yeah. But again, if you've never been through it, you don't understand that with a disease like that, you lose the person long before you lose the body. That's That's just a, a fact. And so... Um, for me, it was much more than a year, in terms of having somebody there that I wasn't just comforting and lifting up, but been, but being able
1: to have a true partner. The other a, thing too marriage. that I've heard over the years is when, uh, when you have a beautiful relationship, not perfect, but a beautiful marriage and beautiful, you know what it tastes like, mm-hmm. and it's like I, I'm I'm not afraid to jump into that again. Yep. And uh, and that's I I can relate to that. Yeah,
2: that's exactly what happened. So Laura and I were married hmm. it, it, probably a year after that. Uh, on our one-year anniversary, she presented me with a uh, positive pregnancy test. And <laughs> and on my birthday, nine months later, uh, we had our daughter Claire. So I have uh, two girls, uh, Hannah, 24, and, and Claire's 20 at University of Louisville right now. So I was able to get some a, a lot of comfort and... Um, being able to 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 have someone that that was able to hold me up during this time. One thing I didn't mention was also during this period. After I had just lost my wife, both my parents died within a week of each other. Okay, so just maybe six months later, after my wife died, I, I lose both my parents. So, a lot of a lot of loss had occurred during this period of time. And I think God knew that I really needed somebody, and uh, brought me the absolutely the right person
1: in bringing me Laura. Um, you know, many times when we read through the Old Testament, Isaac. Uh, it says was comforted when he took Rebecca into his tent and she became his wife and the in scripture says she was uh, he was comforted in the death of his mom you know his mom Sarah mm-hmm. and be, through his wife Rebecca and there's there's something powerful that happens when we remarry and our second wife um or you know, I I jokingly say my current wife, Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but but they, they understand, Uh, you know, um, there's grace and comfort and, and, um, a beauty there that is a gift from God. He created marriage. Absolutely. So, uh... so, so, okay. So you remarry Laura and, um, but the, the questions are still, still ringing in your head.
2: There are. So, um, you know, I'm I'm working as a, as a director of a major software company. I have two daughters uh, that we're raising together. Uh, we'd moved into a new home. So, you know, when you look at, I think there's five to seven major life events that can really just, you know, be a wrecking ball through you in terms of like your emotion. Maybe good things, but it still takes a toll on you emotionally. And I'd hit like five of the seven within a very short period of time. But I was about to add another one. So I, uh, and I can't remember how I ever really got the book, but... I picked up the book, I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. And that is written by Norm Geisler and Frank Turek. Turek um, was a kind of also a pupil of, of Norm Geisler's, has his own ministry now called Cross-Examined. But that is a book that, that is apologetics-based, and I can't tell you the nerve it struck with me. I would get up early in the mornings, and reread it, and reread it, and reread it. Because Norm, in that book, along with Frank, takes you through his 12 steps of apologetics that, that showcase the truth of Christianity. And it was just such a mind-blowing experience for me to see the logic, and the rationale, and the history, and all of the things that we we believe— but telling you why you should believe them and giving you the foundation to stand on without feeling like some Christians do in the world, ashamed of what we believe. There's no shame in it whatsoever. And so from that book, I then found his seminary. So an evangelical seminary down in North Carolina. And I just thought, you know, I like being a software guy. But one day I'd like to do something more significant. And I think I'd like to do it in this area. And so I pursued that master's degree uh, down there, sixty hours at uh, at Southern. Got the master's in Christian apologetics. Thought, you know, I started talking to other Christian apologists. Mike Lacona is another uh, well-known Christian apologist, uh, particularly defends the resurrection of Jesus. He said, you really should get your PhD, because if you want to be able to not only preach, but maybe teach, that would be something for you to do. And I jumped straight. I, first, I did an accelerated course through SES, got the master's in no time. While wow, again, I'm doing all the things I discussed with you, and then jumped right to the PhD work. <laughs> Not smart from an emotional stability standpoint, <laughs> but uh, but is just kind of my type A personality.
1: So, so I'm just blown away. Um, you've got all these questions, and on your own, you go get a master's and a PhD. The PhD is in New Testament. It is. And you, you just want to lie. I, I need to know the truth. I want to walk in the truth. And I want to embrace... Uh, Everything that there is to embrace about learning and growing and expanding your heart, mind, and soul and all of that.
2: Well, on, and also I, I really felt a desire to be able to tell other people what I'd learned because it, it had been so helpful being able to find the answers held me up emotionally, um, mentally, and everything else. And so I wanted to be able to take what I'd learned and also in this venue and and others, be able to tell people the answers are there for you. Christianity's answers aren't hard to find, but as I mentioned
1: earlier, sometimes they are hard to accept. Yes. And uh, uh, so over the last uh, years since you finished um, as you are in somewhat, I mean, I don't know how long you're going to continue to do what you're doing in the, uh, the, the database and, um, Mm -hmm. as an executive, um, in the software world, um, you're, you're looking for, for God's next steps. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, you know, I've, I've, um,
2: there's a difference between success and significance. You know, success is is what most of my peers pursue in the software world, more money, higher titles, running companies, all of that stuff. And as you know as as Christians, that kind of stuff really begins to fade fast once you understand the truths of God and, and um, the things that we're called to do in terms of spreading the gospel. Instead, you're looking for significance, which is your impact on others. And so I'd like to take the education and what have you and be able to help others understand these same truths so that, as the scripture says, they can then take those same truths and
1: teach them to others. And um, yeah. So back to the quote uh, from Tozer. Mm-hmm. Um in case our listeners are just checking in give give that quote and I, I want to after you, as, as you after you quote it I want to ask you a question sure so
2: a uh, quote comes from aW tozier's essay called the ministry of the night in his book that incredible Christian and it opens with um, if God has called you to be a special object of his grace you can expect him to honor you with more pain and greater suffering than others less favored are called
1: upon to endure and when you share that with others, what is what is the response you get?
2: The initial response is exactly what author Phil Yancey talks about in one of his books. He says, pain is the gift that nobody wants. And so the first reaction is usually, I don't want that. <laughs> uh, I I would rather not. Thank you very much. And that was, again, my response to begin with. Uh, scripture tells us many places. Count on all joy, et cetera, et cetera. When when trials come your way, yeah, sure. Um, when when they do, okay, yes, Scripture's true, and God's doing His work, and we can talk more about that because, in terms of the what our goal in the Christian life, but still tar- tough to do. It is very tough to do.
0: So we're going to take a break. Come back with a fourth and final segment with Robin Shoemaker, and is it Shoemaker or Shoemaker?
2: I answer to anything.
0: Okay. I want to get it right. So we're going to take a break, come back with uh, the fourth and final segment and talk about some of the insights that he's gained the most as he goes through this journey of, uh, he went through as suffering and finding out the character of God here on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio. Fourth and final segment. If you missed the other three, you missed a lot, go to SoundCloud, iTunes or Facebook and type in solid steps radio. And you can hear our podcasts of these shows in their entirety. If you're just catching it live and say, man, I'd like to hear some more, please go do that and pass this along to someone who needs to hear about the gift of suffering, which is not a gift. Anybody wants, as we heard in the last segment. So uh, we want to thank our sponsors, Iroquois family dental. Uh, they are a local and Louisville area dental based, uh, Louisville based dental office with two locations, uh, they will take care of you and your teeth and, uh, in the nicest of ways. So, uh, Southeast Outlook, we want to thank them for being a sponsor. They are a publication that has been around for 20 plus years, telling the stories that God is doing in and around the world, and also Veritech Generator. They will help you put a generator in your home, and your business. Uh, when the snow comes and the ice comes, then you need to have a generator for backup. Veritech Generator can take care of you.
1: So grateful for our sponsors. Yeah, Chad, thanks for doing that. Hey, uh, so Robin, um, in this last segment, I just want to read just a little passage of scripture out of Romans chapter five. It says, uh, not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. Like, uh, I don't know about that, but uh, who, who's written, writing this? Paul, uh, we rejoice in our sufferings. And he, go, he goes on, because we know that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. So Robin, in this last segment, I, I, I want you to talk to our listeners who are in the midst of suffering right now, or, or they, might, they might know of someone. What, what are the things that helped you the most as you are learning through this process that, that was a, a, an anchor to hold on to? Sure. So one of the
2: things that happens with people that are really hurting, and they're Christians in particular, they're having a the trouble synchronizing, if you will, what's happening to them in the real world and maybe what they've either been taught by certain you know teachers, Christian teachers, or maybe what they've not read in the Bible. What I'm trying to say is maybe they've been taught that this great and all-powerful God only wants good things for you. Um, you can't be touched, etc. Since since God's for you, who can be against you? And all of this type of thing. And yet, I have this disease. I lost my job. Uh, you know, I, I've I've lost a loved one, or and things like that. And so there's this reconciliation process that's trying to go on. So let me give you, I guess, some things that that helped me. First, I mentioned earlier, you know, Tozer's quote and and people that that. Um, that, that God uses are people that tend to be the ones that he really will pour out the, the suffering and the pain and things like that throughout their life. And if you look at scripture, that's spelled out both in the Old and New Testaments. If the Bible didn't contain that, I would take my my Bible and I would toss it into the nearest trash can because it would be nothing but a fairy tale that didn't because it didn't match reality. It didn't match the hurt and pain and everything else we experience every day, but it does. And so maybe you're out there and you're thinking, you know, I've I've maybe not read these things or I don't haven't understood these things. Even the quote that you just um, brought up, maybe they haven't read that. And that's not isolated, by the way. Peter says the same thing, talking to people he, who he says, suffer according to the will of God. And so what you need to realize is indeed, an all-powerful and all-good God exists. Evil exists. Therefore, God wills evil to exist. And he is sovereign over that. He is not some God where evil's gotten away from him and he can't do anything about it right now. No, he's in control of your life. He's in control of, of the suffering that you're going through. And as Tosher points out in his essay, there will come a break. You're not going to bend a bow until it breaks and all, etc. It, it will, there will be relief coming. But the other thing that I want you to think about is... The ultimate goal of the Christian life, if you ask yourself, what's the goal of the Christian life? It's to be conformed to the image of Jesus. That's it, right? And so then you ask the question, how does that happen? And the Bible tells us. You read in Isaiah 53 and in places in the New Testament, read what Jesus went through. Read the process that he went through. Read the book of Hebrews that talks about him enduring suffering and pain and learning obedience as a son and things like that. We used to sing a song in church. We don't sing it anymore. Make me like you, Lord. Sing that song, read those passages, and then ask yourself, are you still ready to be made like Jesus? <laughs> That's the process you're going to go through.
1: Yeah, um, we really can't fully develop in many ways without levels of, of, of hurt, of sorrow, of pain, of difficulty. Yeah. I love what Jesus says. I mean, of all the prom- we, we like to claim the promises of Jesus and they're beautiful, but he also promises in this world, you will have trials and trouble. The Tribulation is coming. Absolutely. And, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. And, um, and I, I love what you just said. The goal of the Christian life is to be co- become like him, be conformed into the image of Christ. Like Dan Spader says, have the character and the priorities of Jesus. One of the things that pain and suffering does is it, is it
2: produces in you a weakness, if you will. It, it brings that about, and we're told in Scripture that that when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Uh, and and sometimes we don't understand that, but it's it's very very true. If we have time, real quick story. Uh, at this one women's of faith conference um, many many years ago, there was a seating arrangement mishap, and a lot of the ladies at the time were doing what good Christian women do when they find trouble. They started to complain a lot. <laughs> And so it was disruptive to the whole women's conference. And while all that was occurring, out on the stage comes Johnny Erickson Tata in her wheelchair, right? And so those of you who don't know, paralyzed in a diving accident, awesome Christian uh, leader. So she goes up to the microphone in her wheelchair and she says, I understand there are some of you here tonight not happy with the seat that you're in. Me too. Now, I don't know what else happened at the women's conference, but I do know that no lady complained about the seat she was in for the rest of the conference. That's power in weakness. Yes. If she had come across that straight stage on two strong legs, she would have had no effect on them. But she blew them away because of her weakness.
1: That's what suffering and pain and things will produce in the Christian, if you allow God to do his work. Yeah, and and then God uses you. I, 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 Johnny Erickson taught it was a huge blessing uh, to me. You know, uh, I, I, and and others who have suffered and who have lost and have grieved. I, I want my my kids. Whenever they would hear a preacher who would, or, you know, right after Kristen died, um, she, um they wanted to know. This preacher is going to talk about suffering. What has he gone through? I want to I want to hear what he's gone through. Mm-hmm. and I, I, because I want to hear the experience and and brother you you you've been through that and god's using you. and and you know the other the last thing that I'll say to people that are listening right now
2: mm. don't don't be afraid that you can't get complete answers. and and what I mean by that is first time I read the book of job you know, you, you go through all those 40 chapters and you get to the end. You're like, here it comes. Here, come, here comes the answer. And instead, you get God giving 60 some odd questions or whatever else, basically saying, if you can't understand these things that I'm asking you, how are you going to understand the suffering and pain and what have you? There's a mystery there. And I used to not like that, but as I've matured as a believer, I'm okay with
1: that. That's where, believe it or not, this is where faith comes in. Yeah. And, I, and as we wrap up you know Robin um I'm just grateful for you coming in and sharing your story um, but I'm also reminded of what the psalmist wrote weeping may remain for a night but rejoicing will come in the morning yep and uh it's 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 true I mean it's not uh, I'll never. I never the day that Bob Russell told me he said Kurt that he quoted that verse psalm 35 and he said I don't know when that morning will come but it will come in this life and or the the life to come. Yeah, Robin, thanks for coming. Hey, thank you for having me. It's a that's a joy to have you. Would you pray for us, guys, that sure. we would that we would be men who would lean into suffering, not run away from it, um, but um, when it comes, that we would be men of faith and courage, and we would embrace uh, what what Scripture teaches. Would you pray for us? Sure, absolutely.
2: Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for our time here today. And listening to me right now are are people that are are right in the midst of it. Mm. It's hard, it's tough, it's dark, and it's painful. And I would ask you to remind all of us that there was a time, about two thousand years ago, when your son was in a situation where it was dark and it was painful and he felt all alone and yet he was in the dead center of your will and so there are people out there right now they don't they don't feel that they don't understand that and i pray that you would bring that understanding to them that you are sovereign over everything and nobody understood all of the pain and evil that happened that friday Three days later, they got it. And, and maybe if you're listening today, God, you know, the, the, the people that are listening, maybe it'll take longer than three days for them to get an answer. But I pray that you would sustain them and, and, and carry them with your gift of faith that you give all of us until they get that answer either in this life or the next
1: And um, we love you and we trust you. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen.
0: It's Friday, but Sunday's coming. That's right. So if you've heard just a snippet of this and you want to hear more, which you should, please go to uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, or go to Facebook and just type in Solid Steps Radio and you will see our shows. And uh, we would love for you to pass that along to someone. There's someone in your life, if it's not you, it's someone you know who is going through some form of suffering. Whether they brought it upon themselves or not, no matter what level it is, and they, they're questioning and asking some questions, why well, this would be a good show to send them. So uh, thank you for listening and please pass it along to, uh, to your friends and loved ones about Solid Steps Radio.